You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe that helps people who feel far from God to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. For more fresh content, check City Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook. Enjoy the message, and welcome to the tribe. Now here's Doug Robbins. Welcome to Church Online, and some of you know that we're reopening on January the 3rd at the Cameo and look forward to seeing you then. Now, until then, we'll continue worshiping online and working out our safety systems and protocols to make sure that those of you that feel comfortable to come to the services in January are as safe as possible. Now, in addition, we encourage those of you that are in the vulnerable category to stay home and worship online. And furthermore, if you feel any discomfort at coming to a public gathering, by all means, stay home, worship online come January. So what I know is that all week, some of you have been emotionally beat up and beat down. But today, you're going to get built up and emotionally refueled by the service today. So if you're comfortable to do so, what I'd like to ask you to do is to just hold out your hands and say the following declarations out loud with me as we start the teaching segment of our service. So here we go, ready? I choose to check my emotional gauges today. God really does love me. People on this stream care about me. Jesus, I receive healing from you today. Doesn't that feel good? So by way of review, over the past few weeks, we've looked at the five emotional gauges. We've looked at our relationships, worship, our physical bodies. Last week, we looked at our finances and how that affects our emotions. And this week, we're going to revisit a topic that I taught a couple of years ago called nature's medicine. That's the fifth gauge. And the feedback we got from that service a couple of years ago was so significant that I knew we had to include it in this current emotional health series. So, As we've worshiped in quarantine, one of the things that I've noticed as I've been worshiping online and watching the services was that our cat, Riley, loves watching Pastor Robbie when he teaches in the services. So what I'd like you to do today is post pictures of your pets in the comments of this stream, and especially if they're watching the City Tribe worship services with you, and just leave the hashtag, Nature's Medicine or Pets Who Know the Lord. Now, it's no secret that I love cats, dogs, and animals of every sort. And you'll see on the screen my cat, Piper. She's riding the Roomba around our house. And as you watch that, uh, note that experts explain that interacting with your pet releases brain chemicals. It releases oxytocin, which slows your heart rate and breathing. It calms and comforts you. Releases beta endorphins, which is kind of like the runner's high. Pets release dopamine, which is the reward hormone, and serotonin, which most antidepressants attempt to elevate serotonin levels. So all of this is why cat owners enjoy a 30% reduction in heart attack risk. And I would suggest that dog owners get the same benefit. Watching aquarium fish lowers blood pressure. That's why I love watching the aquariums in my home. So it's no wonder that pet-assisted therapies are now commonplace to help people with autism and those suffering from PTSD, drug addiction, and the like. Pets help to normalize our brain chemistry 
Animals are important to God too. And we're gonna see a broad view of the scriptures today. And I wanna take you all the way back to Genesis where God created Adam and Eve. And what was the next thing that happened? He created the animals and Adam and Eve were to give names to the animals and manage them. So during Noah's flood, God had Noah fill the ark with animals. Then if you fast forward to the New Testament, when Jesus was born in a manger, he was surrounded by animals. In fact, Jesus said that not even a sparrow falls to the ground without the Father's care. Now, let me take you back to the Proverbs chapter 12, verse 10, and look at this verse. It says, the godly care for their animals, but the wicked are always cruel. And we'll see the animals mentioned with all of the creation in Psalm chapter 148. Look at verse seven. It says, praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds. So if you struggle from mental illness or mental health issues, or if you're trying to just maintain your mental health during these trying times, or if you're trying to serve a friend or a loved one who suffers from mental illness, all of creation in nature is designed for our healing and peace as a tool to help us experience the healing of God. Now, as I talk about nature's medicine today, it includes the animals, plants, trees, water, and sky. And as we go back to the Bible, we would see that Romans 8 tells us that all of creation is actually right now groaning, anticipating being released from the effects of death and decay in this current reality. So what I'd like you to do is raise a hand in the comments if you love animals, going outdoors to parks, if you enjoy hiking, biking, rivers, lakes, or gardening. And then think about why is that? Why do you love that? What is it about the creation that draws you there? Well, what I wanna suggest today is that the environment is pointing us to God. You can read popular books these days that nature is a spiritual pathway to point us towards something greater. Now let's look at Romans chapter one, verse 19, which says, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. So today's declaration is simply this. I choose to take nature's medicine for seven days. I choose to take nature's medicine for seven days. This is a seven-day challenge, and if you'd be willing to take that challenge, just post in the comments, I choose to take nature's medicine for seven days in a row. And so what we're gonna do today is we're gonna look at the three-way connection between the Bible, nature, and our own mental health. Now, I wanna give you a brief disclaimer before we get into the rest of the teaching. I'm not promising that taking a camping trip 
is gonna heal bipolar, so just throw out your doctor-prescribed meds. I'm not saying that. I am suggesting that regular exposure to nature has a healing effect on our emotions. So we take nature's medicine because nature is actually the language of God. If you look through the Bible, you'd see the Bible authors describe our relationship with God in terms of gardens, vines, rivers, trees, light, soil, plants, and water. The story of the Bible begins with a tree in the garden in Genesis, and it ends with a tree in a garden in a city in Revelation. And between those trees is another tree that I'm gonna focus on here in just a bit. But nature is so important to our overall health that we're told to steward the creation. The very first commandment that was given in Genesis was to tend the garden. And later, God said in Leviticus, let me take you to chapter 25, verse 2, which says, look at this, the land itself must observe a Sabbath rest before the Lord every seventh year. Stewardship for the farmers in the Old Testament meant giving the land a rest, a Sabbath rest. And this understanding helps me gain a deeper grasp of a verse from the Old Testament that I've often quoted. And as I've quoted it, I've always made this verse mostly about moral and religious sin. But I want you to, as you look at this very popular verse that many of you have heard, I want you to see if you can discern an environmental application for us. It's 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Many of you have heard this where uh, it says, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I'll hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and will heal their what? Their land. See, if you study the Old Testament, you would see that there's this connection between our healing and the healing of the land, the environment. The Old Testament people saw this connection to their spiritual and emotional lives and the land. If, if you wanna read more about a biblical perspective on environmentalism, I'll show you three books from my personal library. The first one is Saving God's Green Earth by Tree Robinson. Uh, then there's Environmental Stewardship in the Judeo-Christian Tradition by the Action Institute. And if you're just gonna get one, the best one is a book about the spiritual and environmental journey of Dr. Matthew Sleeth, who wrote the book, Serve God, Save the Planet. Matthew was the chief of staff and head of the emergency department at a New England hospital when he cared for a woman named Sally who was struggling with breast cancer. So Sally came to the ER with her husband and two small children and one of her kids gave her this little crayon drawing. And this mother, Sally, said to her little girl, what a beautiful picture, sweetheart. It's already making mommy feel better. Well, that night, Matthew was able to treat Sally and release her. But unfortunately, she had to come back to the ER a few weeks later. And this time, Matthew and his team tried everything but Sally died in the ER. Dr. Sleeth had to deliver the bad news to the family. And with childish hope, Sally's precious four-year-old 
held out another crayon get well picture, but her mother was already dead. And in one week, Dr. Sleeth saw three women in their 30s and all three died. Matthew Sleeth was tired of telling families that they lost their mothers. And he wondered, what are the odds of that happening? I mean, what are the odds of me having three women in their 30s and all of them dying? Well, the odds were one in 19 when Dr. Sleeth started practicing medicine. And then he looked at an updated textbook that revealed the odds were one in nine. And then he checked the current odds, which are one in six. It's getting worse. And as a physician, Matthew recognized that some cancer, sure, is genetic, but he also recognized that environmental factors are causing cancer, asthma, and guess what else? Emotional health ailments. So as some time passed, Matthew came to a relationship with Jesus Christ, and uh, he was challenged by his wife to do something about the growing concern for environmental-related ailments. As a doctor, Matthew felt like he was straightening deck chairs on the Titanic, saving one patient at a time while the whole ship, Earth, was going down. So he quit his comfortable doctor job, and he moved into a house the size of his former garage. Now, granted, he had a big doctor-sized garage before. And then he started an organization called Blessed Earth that focuses on creation care. Dr. Sleeth understands the physical and psychological effects of a polluted environment. Now, he goes on to reference God's desire for the land to rest. And I want to show you 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verse 21, which says, So the message of the Lord spoken through Jeremiah was fulfilled. The land finally enjoyed its Sabbath rest, lying desolate until the 70 years were fulfilled, just as the prophet had said. Just as the prophet had said. It's almost as if God is saying, look, if you people won't give the land a rest, I will. And here's what I believe. My sense is there are demonic powers that are trying to destroy our environment using greed to do it, and thus they'll be able to destroy us. Now, more on the spiritual warfare component of environmentalism here in just a minute, but we're currently dealing with emotional health at a very unique time in human history. COVID-19 has affected people in such a way, it's affected cities in such a way that there are less cars on the road. There are less planes in the sky. There are less factories pouring out smoke. And although COVID-19 as a crisis is a tragedy, there may be a silver lining. Due to people being forced to give the land a Sabbath rest, the sky is actually visible in a lot of major cities. The pollution is cleared up in many cities. After years of failed attempts to get the panda bears in the Hong Kong Zoo to mate, Ying Ying and Li Li finally succeeded in naturally mating because they were finally given some privacy. It's happening in zoos all over the world. See, there's a connection between our healing and the healing of the land, the creation 
the healing of the environment. See, we affect nature and nature affects us. This is the way God designed it. And when people can't enjoy nature, environmental heroes need to rise up. People like Majora Carter of Green the Ghetto. Majora fights for environmental justice in the South Bronx, and she shows how minority neighborhoods suffer. Her area handled more than 40% of the city's commercial waste and all of the Bronx waste. And there's a sewage treatment plant there, four electrical power plants, over 60,000 diesel trucks in and out each week. And her area had the lowest ratio of parks to people in New York City. And she pointed out how this leads to a disproportionate percentage of obesity, diabetes, asthma, and guess what else? Yep, mental illnesses. So one day while Majora was jogging with her dog, uh, you know how your dog drags you places sometimes? Well, her dog drug her into an area of the South Bronx where you could actually see the water. And there were weeds there, there was waste and garbage at the site, but Majora captured a vision to transform this area. And so she got some help, and the Hunts Point Riverside Park became the first park the South Bronx had for more than 60 years. She leveraged a $10,000 seed grant more than 300 times to create a $3 million park because Majora knew that people need to be outside in a clean environment. And as Pastor Lee and I were talking about biblical environmentalism, he showed me The Three-Day Effect, a free audio book that anybody can get. And The Three-Day Effect is a book uh, that looks at the science behind why uh, being in the wild can make us happier, healthier, and more creative. In fact, scientists are finding that the more exposure humans have to nature, the more they'll benefit from reduced anxiety, enhanced creativity, and overall well-being. The book chronicles former Iraqi war veterans and sex trafficking survivors on three-day nature excursions to see how the outdoors cure a wide array of emotional ailments. So three days in nature is somewhat of a cure for people. And I was interested to find out and read that according to the Environmental Protection Agency, the average American spends 93% of their life indoors, so 87% of that time is indoors like in your apartment or your house, and then another 6% of your life is in automobiles, and that's only 7% of your entire life being outdoors, and we have to change that. I was fascinated by the work of neuroscientist Dr. Andrea Michelli. She says that the positive effects of a single exposure to nature, for example, you know, like a walk or a run or a stint in the garden, can last for seven hours after an individual has experienced it. And those individuals at greater risk of developing mental health issues, including things like anxiety, depression, benefit more from getting outdoors than others uh, who have a different temperament. So I was inspired recently when my friend Priscilla Gomez told me about the impact of nature's medicine in her own life, her own emotional health. So take a look at Priscilla's story. Priscilla chose to take nature's medicine. 
Will you try it for seven days? Take the seven-day challenge to intentionally go out and experience the creation. Now, as we learn to choose nature's medicine, it'd be easy to allow this to become just another legalistic, religious list of things that we're supposed to do. But I recommend just taking one practical step today. And so as we look at application here, I particularly want to address those of you who are of our younger generations, those of you that are millennials and Gen Zs. You guys are staying indoors at higher percentages. And so I want to challenge you and encourage you to get outside more. And as we think about application, here's some ideas of how you might want to apply the message today. Some of you may want to start a creation care tribe. That is, get a group of people together to adopt a polluted area like Majora Carter did and go clean it up. Others of you may just apply this by simply opening the window or the curtains or the blinds to feel more sunshine if you're a person who suffers from heavy allergies and you can't get outside. Others of you may want to commit to spending daily time outside in your yard. Some of you are supposed to adopt a pet, a cat, a dog. Some of you should start an aquarium and look at it each day. Others of you might want to commit to walking each day or ride your bicycle more, use less fuel to get places while you get some exercise. Those of you who are parents may want to encourage your kids to put down the iPad for a minute and go outside and run around. Some who want to save the trees, you could stop those unsolicited mailings that come to your mailbox and you can go to the website that is on our screen, the dmachoice.org, and you can go through a process to try and cancel many of the junk mailers that you're getting in your mailbox. Uh, Some of you could enjoy one of San Antonio's amazing parks. I realize some of you are from other places. You moved here, and you don't know where to go to get outside. Well, you could go to Lockwood Park or Eisenhower Park. There's Woodlawn or O.P. Schnabel, Hemisphere, Brackenridge, the Japanese tea gardens. You could go to the river south or the river north. In fact, I'd like some of you to post in the comments the recommended park uh, that you like to go to because you might help someone else who's on this stream today learn about a park either in San Antonio or outside in the country that they would like to go to and benefit from nature's medicine. Some of you, when you go to the parks, may want to take an empty HEB bag, an empty grocery bag, and pick up trash in the park and leave it cleaner than what it was when you went to the park. But here's what I'd like you to do. Today, don't wait for tomorrow. One of these days is none of these days unless you pick a day. And today's the day to go outdoors and then post a picture of yourself on your social media of you outdoors or uh, with your pet and leave the hashtag nature's medicine. And as you do that, that'll encourage other people who aren't on this stream today to get outside and experience nature's medicine. So it's like you're making the the commitment. I'm choosing to take nature's medicine for seven days. Start it today. And as you spend time in nature and look at the trees, I'd like you to think about the Bible's trees. In the Garden of Eden, At creation, remember, there was a tree in that garden. And at the end of the Bible, in heaven, in the New Jerusalem, in Revelation, there was a tree. And remember, between those two trees is a most significant tree. And we're going to read about it in 1 Peter. Look at chapter 2, verse 24. It's where Peter says, he himself, speaking of Jesus, 
bore our sins in his body on the what? The tree. And look, if you've believed that Jesus Christ died on the tree or the cross for your sins, you get a relationship with God and you get a new sense of reconciliation to God. Now, remember earlier, I said there are demonic spirits seeking to destroy our environment and thus destroy us. Well, I want you to look at what Jesus did for all of creation on the cross or on the tree. I'm gonna take you now to Colossians chapter one. Look at verse 15. Look at this. It says, the son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all what? Creation. For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. He's just mentioning there the spiritual forces, many of them wicked, uh, demonic forces. But as the passage goes on, it says, so that in everything he might have supremacy to what? Look at this, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So how did Jesus deal with the powers and authorities, the demons who constantly accuse us and try and destroy our environment? Well, I wanna take you to the next chapter in Colossians, now chapter two, look at verse 13. It says, here's what he did for us. He says, he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the what? The cross, the tree. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. And in light of these amazing truths about the cross, I would like to make some declarations to the dark forces that are trying to harm and destroy your lives. As your pastor, as one of your pastors who loves you, I wanna speak out against those dark things that are trying to harm you. So would you join me in doing spiritual warfare, praying now? Those of you that pray in the spirit, would you begin doing that now? Those of you that are warfare prayers, would you join me in prayer now? And as these truths come up on the screen, I'd like you to just say an amen as I speak each of these declarations over us together. You ready? Here we go. The cross demands that spiritual snakes get off God's people. You get off God's people now. The cross keeps dark spirits from causing God's people to cut themselves. The cross keeps dark spirits from causing God's people to hate themselves. The cross protects God's people from night terrors and being bothered and losing their sleep. The cross heals God's people from depression, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia, and suicide. Demons, your hold is gone because of the cross. The cross keeps demons from blinding people from the gospel of Jesus Christ so people will be able to open their spiritual eyes and see and experience Jesus. The cross protects our marriages, children, friendships, and health. The cross frees us from bitterness, unforgiveness, jealousy, rejection, and fear. And the cross 
awakens a sleeping giant, the body of Christ, its city, tribe, church, to go out from the church and be the church in the city, in the community, in their homes, and around the world. So would you join me now in a prayer as we thank God for the great work that he's accomplished on the cross. God, we thank you that Jesus left where it was comfortable in heaven to come down to our broken reality, to live a life of miracles and die for our sin on the cross if we would receive it. God, I thank you that you've given us freedom from all sorts of mental, emotional, and spiritual ailments through the cross. And as you endured the suffering of the cross, so we can endure the suffering of this life because we know that you've risen from the dead and given us new life and power to walk in faith and in victory over all the challenges that we currently face. We thank you for the work that you've accomplished on the cross. And we pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen. So as we wrap up today, um, have you ever noticed that God uses nature and agricultural language when he's talking about our finances? He says we're to sow seeds with our money, right? He says we're to bring a first fruit tithe to the storehouse, which is the church, and we'll post the three ways to donate here at City Tribe Church after the benediction. So as always, it helps others if you'll share, subscribe, and like this video. And for our benediction today, I'd like you to think about creation care and nature's medicine as I speak the serenity prayer. So God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next, amen. We'll see you next week when my dear friend Lorenzo Gomez will be talking about his three years in fear in a talk called Tafoya Toros. You don't want to miss it. We'll see you next time. We're glad you were part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check citytribe.church.